really just the idea of course creation is like the most fun thing I think I can do. I am surprised at how much I love it. Like if you build, especially if it's something really specific, um, you design your curriculum, you figure out what your modules are, and you create this thing and then you watch people go through it and they leave you feedback and you tweak things and make it amazing so that a person doesn't know the skill, then they go through the course and then now they do and they enjoyed it. Like that process is fantastic. I love it so much, it's so fun. Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music business. I am all about automating your business tasks, growing with marketing and social media, and teaching with the best tools. Welcome! I hope that you're excited for another week of teaching and goal setting, of course. Today's episode is so much fun. Joseph D'Amico is a friend of mine, and we've actually been connected for a couple of years now. We originally started chatting in 2019 about online lessons, and this was pre-pandemic. At the time, he was starting a YouTube channel and upgrading his online teaching setup, and we both shared this passion for making the online learning experience for students awesome. So we had talked in 2019 about the online teaching setup and starting a YouTube channel. Joseph is an organist and a pianist, and he is just a really friendly, great guy. Recently, he has started creating courses for piano students. And so, of course... I wanted to ask him a million questions, so I thought, why not get him back on the podcast? You may or may not know that I've been creating a new course called Course Creation for Musicians, which I will be releasing within the next couple of months. I'm not sure on the exact date yet, but I'm I'm working on it as fast as I can. <laughs> But I thought that this was just a timely interview because I know many of you are thinking about and looking into creating courses, music courses, to create passive income or to supplement your teaching. You will definitely be inspired by Joseph's journey and how he combines live virtual lessons with pre-recorded videos through what he calls flex lessons. Okay, enjoy this interview with my good friend, Joseph. Joseph, welcome to the Teach Music Online podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's been a couple of, I guess, maybe a year since we've done a video. You've talked in the past with us about your setup, about transitioning to online lessons, about your YouTube channel. So I want to give our listeners and viewers, anyone who's with us, a refresher on who you are. And I know you have to rewind a little bit, but tell us about how you initially got into your online teaching. Man, these details are fuzzy at this point, I will admit, because so much has happened over the past year or two. Uh, I got into this, um, I think, leading into 2018. And it was just like somebody gave me a camera, like a webcam for a, as a gift. They're like, hey, you should try this and see if it works in your studio to make some content or something. And then I saw, um, I think, Dr. Corey Hall on YouTube, the Box Scholar guy. I saw his uh, online lesson set up and I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. Because, you know, at the time I was driving to my students. And so I put this camera into practice and I tested it using makeup, like on makeup lessons with my students. And I figured out really quickly that I loved it. And I actually figured out really quickly that they loved it too. Uh, very few people 
told me that they, they didn't really like it, but they actually eventually came around, especially as I practiced and I got better and I invested in some equipment. And definitely 100% of my students now are gonna prefer online to in-person any day. Tell me what are some of the, the um, benefits that you've seen for online teaching and that have made it so you didn't look back. Like you switched to online lessons, you announced to your studio, I'm going online, come with me if you want. And you even prepared yourself to lose half your students, I remember you saying. So what has it been after you made that switch that made it so you aren't going back? Uh, man, that's a lot of things. Um, the lack of needing to drive the lack of sitting in traffic, the lack of gas and all of that, right? Especially now that it's really expensive. It wasn't even expensive back then. <laughs> but uh, also like the amount of time that it takes to actually go travel to students. You know, at the time I was uh, considering this, we were expecting our first child. And so because of that and the size of our house and the layout and whatnot, it was pretty apparent to me that having folks come to my place, that was probably not going to be the best option and so, you know, that's one of the driving factors that moved me into online teaching. And then um, here's a surprising thing. So when I first started teaching and I uh, first graduated out of college and I was teaching people like in my local area or whatever, the, um, my students were predominantly high schoolers or younger. I had an adult here or there, but it was rare. And I discovered immediately that I loved working with adults, but it was really, really rare to find them locally and, uh, and to travel to them and everything. It just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I saw myself realistically stacking my studio with. But when I made the transition, of course I kept all of my current students, which really wasn't that many at the time because I had another big organist job. And then I just added pretty much a, like completely a new list of adult students to that, to that roster. And now I'm almost all adults because all of my young students, I mean, a, a couple of them had to leave for whatever reason. But uh, most of them just age out, you know, they go to college, which is like the best situation you could ever ask for. I pretty much just work with adults and they're like working professionals. I'm actually surprised at the amount of medical folks that I work with, you know, so I've gotten like a little interesting perspective on the, uh, the pandemic from like different angles and whatnot. But it's been like really amazing. I really like working with adults. And I, that's something that I, you know, I, I don't really feel like I'm the best teacher for young students. I know some teachers really have that gift but I actually feel like my gift is working with and exciting adults and like keeping them motivated regardless of what their life is throwing at them. And so that's what I really like. And that came out of this and that was a total surprise. Uh, plus it's fun to play with all the tech. And then as I know, we'll probably discuss a little later, naturally when you're online and you're using all of this equipment, there's a natural double use for the equipment of content creation. And so I came up with this idea of basically pre-recorded and live and letting people kind of move in between the two as needed, which I know we can talk about a little later, but that wasn't on the table, you know, before. And so now, I mean, the result of that is scale. Like the business can scale and it can scale independently of me selling the maximum amount of hours I can sell in a week. So this is just a completely different life and I would never go back pandemic or no pandemic. 
Oh, it's it's so fun to hear you talk about this again and, you know, following up with you a year or two later and seeing you didn't you didn't like take those words back and say, actually, you know, in person is maybe better. We all know in person is a different experience and there's lots of teachers who who enjoy that and will always have an aspect of that. But I also can't tell you how many teachers reach out to me who say, I have this dream. I have this dream of having the flexibility of being able to be home with my family or teach students in other countries or just work with adults or be able to scale my income. And that's why I want people like you who are actually doing it on this in this podcast because teachers need to see good examples of making it work and making it happen and also hearing that it's taken some time. Like it didn't happen overnight for you. It was a series of creating content, but also figuring out how to recruit students, which you've done wonderfully through your YouTube channel and your website, content that's out there. So tell me, okay, there's so many things to talk about, but tell me about your YouTube channel, where it is at now, and is it still a source of recruiting people to your stuff, to your things? <laughs> yeah, actually, when I first started, I created some articles on my old website that were, that were like SEO optimized for getting students. That sent me my first little bit of students, and this was pre-pandemic, so I didn't have literally the world of competition, you know, because everybody teaches online now. Uh, and then, you know, I, I started that YouTube channel. And of course, when the pandemic hit, the YouTube channel became very popular. And I got a bunch of subscribers, um, probably mostly teachers, you know, I don't even know, but there was a surge of interest. And it's been pretty sustained since then. And, um, you know, it's definitely grown and is 100% uh, of my students come from this, although I am looking to change that. But, you know, my students all come from YouTube right now. So that's been very, that's a great way of recruiting. And the reason why I like YouTube for recruiting is because um, the YouTube, the way I use the YouTube is to basically put out samples of how I teach and like try to attract people through just examples of, of how I do things. And so I basically just talk about the things that I'm passionate about and the way that I want to teach. So for whatever reason, students that like that find it and then they find me. And the result of that is that I have a studio filled with people that are like custom tailored to my exact way of teaching, which I really, really like. <laughs> I really like because there are a lot of, like, I don't really feel like any, every, te uh, every student is a good match for every teacher and, and uh, vice versa, right? I uh, feel like the personality match and the work, the like educational style match, like all of that's really, really important. And so because I've, uh, I've niched down so hard and focused so much, people have found me through these like really specific almost esoteric details. And, uh, and they're like, I feel like they're just custom tailored for me in, in my method and they love it. Like I am just feeding off that energy because they are having a blast and it makes me feel very, very satisfied with what I do. Where are your students located? Cause you've recruited them now via the web. The funny thing is my first online student that didn't, wasn't somebody I, tr I basically moved over from in person came from Georgia as well, but it was, a, it was just a coincidence. You know, they're like at the other side of the state. Um, most of my students are on the West Coast, but I have a student in the Philippines. I've had a student from Germany. I've had a student from Saudi Arabia. I've had a student um, in Canada. Yeah, it's like, and I love that aspect of it, right? And one, one other side note of that is, um, you know, just if you consider like all of the politics lately, which, you know, drives me nuts and how we're all like divided and we don't have to be, when you teach students in other countries and you realize they care about the exact same things, you realize how like very much the same we all are. 
and how like we can all appreciate the the uh, universality of music and good music and studying music and that's been really uplifting there's so many things there that are just such feel-good things like <laughs> being able to take your music and your expertise and touch lives around the world like literally like you are you are through YouTube and you can see all those views on your YouTube videos and you go, wow, like who's watching these? Then you look at the analytics and go, wow, there's people everywhere all around the world in Australia and New Zealand and the Bahamas, you know, using these videos and then actually reaching out to you and you're able to teach them. That's just kind of like, you know, this added bonus to being able to create content online and then teach students online. I was going to ask this question a little later, but I think I will now. Um, what is... What is what are some of the favorite parts of your online teaching setup? So I know there's a lot because you have an awesome setup, but tell us about kind of how you teach online or what it is that you really love that's effective with your online lessons. Sure, I can give you a, a tiny little demo, but it's only gonna work for students that can see the video. So for what it's worth. So like my philosophy on online setup is to have something that's really slick, really clean, really minimalist, but effective. And uh, I do need multiple cameras for that. You know, I do need multiple views. I think I've stumbled across a really good way of doing things. And of course, because I'm really practiced at it and I, I try to keep things minimal, it's very easy to run. Of course, there was a little bit of a learning curve. There's a little bit of an investment. And so far, uh, I feel like this setup really requires Zoom specifically. I know there's a lot of new, like really cool options that have come out for like lesson platforms, but I've not gotten uh, all of the features that I need to be accepted by these platforms, the most important of which would be the accepting of virtual webcams, because I basically use OBS Studio, and I have I want to be able to pass that feed as my video, and depending on the uh, the type of uh, client or whatever, it just doesn't accept that, doesn't even see it at all, which renders that just completely not an option for me, you know. Okay, so is it Zoom that you're using with OBS, like through Screen Share? Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, basically OBS has a little, like there's a little plugin for virtual camera. And so you just turn it, you just turn it on. Like you open OBS, you uh, have this little plugin. I, I, it might actually be built into the OS, the um, OBS now. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but anyway, there's a little button. You just press it. And I actually have a little macro that automatically presses it every time. I'll explain that in just a second. Uh, and so then anything that OBS is running or is, is basically like anything you can see in OBS, you'll be able to see in zoom. And then as far as the audio goes, because I'm running a pretty fast computer, you know, one of the new Mac M1 machines, which are really nice, uh, the audio arrives pretty much at the same time as the video, even though I'm running a mirrorless setup, even though I'm using a cam link, I'm not having to offset any delay or anything like that. It's all received by the student in real time. And I've tested this to a reasonably good extent, I would say. And so I set up all my, all my pictures and scenes and everything in OBS. And then I use this lovely device called a Stream Deck, which I am just so impressed with this thing. And I have a bunch, bunch of buttons that I use. I have all my lesson timers on here. I have all my scenes. So I have my lighting, like I'm using a bunch of different like fancy studio lighting here. And actually I will give you a tiny little demonstration of that because it just turns on. Wow, and then my that's monitor, so cool. Right? So I'm gonna press that again and put all the lights back on and the, the uh, other light will come on too. So I got my lesson timers. I've got a button that basically starts OBS, starts um, Zoom, starts uh, my lesson notes, whatever, wherever that's gonna be. Just gets all that, just one button, everything opens. 
so that I in the virtual camera gets enabled. So I basically just walk in here, press that button. I'll turn on the camera and the mic stuff while that happens, and I'm ready to go in like two minutes. So it's easy to run. And then I, I can basically press these buttons to show you the different scenes. So that's the overhead where it's just the overhead. You can't see anything else. I actually don't use this very often. Um, this is where I've combined my face and the keyboard. This is my iPad. This is my iPad and the screen and the piano. And this is the view I use a lot because on an iPad, you can zoom in, right? And if I needed to give more detail, I could just do that. But it's, this is just like when you practice with it, this is just such an organic, intuitive experience. It's really easy to use. And I feel like I'm way more effective than I could possibly be in person because I have everything at my fingertips. And then uh, the audio side of things, I'm running a Zoom um, H8, I think. And that accepts like a bunch of different microphones. So I have this mic for my voice and then I have two stereo mics over on the, uh, on the piano. And so any, I know it's ridiculous. Any student that is running a desktop or a laptop uh, will be able to hear in stereo. And it sounds very, very good. And I've had the wonderful pleasure of hearing this returned back to me because a couple of my students also bought Zoom devices, maybe not as fancy as the Zoom H8, but they bought you know the lesser ones, although one does have an H8. Anyway, uh, they put it in their piano and they, you know, some of them are running similar setups and the sound is just unbelievable. Like everybody complains about Zoom sound. I sound, it sounds like I'm in their living room. I can hear the lawn mowers going around their house when their yard's getting cut at the same time we're having lessons. The detail is insane. I can hear everything I need to hear. Uh, now, obviously some investment needed, not necessary. The student's just a techie. They wanted to do that. So that's like basically how my setup works and it's easy and fun and I really like it. That's, yeah, you know, I love that you said it's easy and fun. And so many teachers, when they first started teaching online, it was just this tech overwhelm, yeah. like sound is a big issue. And I think what you're saying is sound is a big issue when you don't have a microphone. It's, yeah, if you don't have a good it mic. It is an issue because your, your built-in mics on your computer are not good enough. They're not going to work and it'll be, it'll be really hard. One other thing to mention, obviously, internet connection is really, really important. I'm hardlined in now. I pretty much recommend everybody hardline in because I'm running the high fidelity audio mode and everything like that. If you're not directly next to your router and you're spending all this money on piano lessons, get your big 100 foot cat cable and connect it for your lesson. It makes all the difference. It's going to triple the value you get from your lessons. And uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait to go back in person. Like, this is terrible. The people that say that, I mean, most of the people that say that are the ones that are not having a good online experience. When you have an online experience and it works like a two-way HD video with great sound, it is incredible. Like, who would give this up? You know, in fact, I actually, uh, last year, I attended lessons with somebody else for my own, just to make sure that it worked and just in advance my own education. And he didn't have a good setup at all. And I still loved the experience, you know? So it's, it's work, it's effective. Let's transition into course creation and kind of what you've started to build. I know you've been working on it for many months now. So first tell us about Flex Lessons and what you hope Flex Lessons becomes for your students, both the benefits for the students and for you as the instructor. That so Flex Lessons, my wife came up with the name Flex Lessons for like what I wanted to do. I actually used to be named something else and I changed to this. And the name is ambiguous enough that I could really grow it into something probably that's like huge with multiple teachers or whatever. You know, it could be like 
this really big thing one day. Uh, although I've already met the standard for what would make me happy with it. Like that has already happened. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. So Flex Lessons is basically a way for uh, me to host uh, a ton of uh, really like nicely organized asynchronous or pre-recorded lessons using this exact same setup, switching the cameras exactly like I would. You know, in fact, this stream deck, I have a little uh, button where I can record. I can record right now and create content for my membership. I can press one button and it will start recording and it will capture everything in HD with great sound and whatnot, anything on my side. And I can just drop that video in there. Now, I normally don't do that. I, even though I, I could be in a lesson with somebody, I normally don't do that. But like the whole thing that made this all work and that, that made me realize, oh, I could probably start creating content is uh, this, this whole setup's like really turnkey. And I just press a button, I record, and I, the file appears on my desktop. I might trim it, I might not, and I can dump it in there, you know? So when I realized I could turn around content really, really fast, I realized, oh, I could probably make like courses and stuff. And now I'm at the point where, even though I feel like I'm, I've done like 5% of what I wanted to do, I've already got hundreds and hundreds of videos in there. And they're all organized by difficulty level. And so the idea is for a student to be able to have some sort of inexpensive mechanism of support from nothing, they don't know how to play piano at all, up to the early advanced level. So by the time a student's like looking to be a music major, that's when I'm going to be hands off and they can go to some, some doctorate of piano or something. But the content is supposed to be able to lead you up there. And I use, um, I actually am specializing in a repertoire series called Masterwork Classics, which is an older series. It's written by Dr. Jane McGrath. I wanted to focus on those books so heavily, I decided to reach out to Dr. Jane McGrath to make sure that that was okay. And she checked out my membership and whatnot, and she loved it. She loved everything that's happening. And we had a long phone conversation about it. And I got to basically like meet her and talk with her and share my pedagogical ideas with her and figure out a little bit about how she rates pieces. And so my whole membership is organized according to her ratings. And, and it, they, they use these books as the core. And so the, the end result here is you're going to have hundreds of pieces covered with, you know, as many videos as needed each piece leading up to that level, you know, level one to 10. And uh, that'll be the core. And then everybody, you know, we can do pieces on top of that, but that's going to be the core. And I'm working towards building this throughout the course of this year and maybe next, just however long it takes me. There's so many benefits to creating those pre-recorded videos, you know, I mean, so many, we could list off a dozen. You're able to scale and really add students without adding to your time, but also you're not having to reteach the same concepts a dozen times oh, yeah. or <laughs> hundreds of times. And you're able to really do them well. I, that's one thing I love about course creation is you think through the process of, the, of learning from the student. How is it they, they're gonna learn this best? What can I demonstrate? How can I show them? And I'm gonna record that so that they're really getting the best from me it, during those 30 minutes or 20 minutes or five minutes of a lesson versus me teaching the same thing over and over again. And sometimes I might, I might not be the best teacher versus other times is a kind of a benefit we don't think about, right? Oh my gosh, that's such a benefit. Like just because I'm teaching and I'm, I'm in here and I'm live with you doesn't mean that I'm in my best mental state. You know, the kids could have just driven me nuts upstairs and now I'm teaching. I can't remember all of the different pieces of everything we got to work with. But if I make a piece of content, I'm going to say it once and I'm going to say it best. And then I'm going to steer everybody to that content rather than give you something dependent on my mood, you know? 
So I yes, think I, it's so great. Yeah. Well, congrats on creating a platform where you can now send students and bring them in and really start to scale your business. What has been the most fun part of this process for you? Um, really just the idea of course creation is like the most fun thing I think I can do. I am surprised at how much I love it. Like if you build, especially if it's something really specific, um, you design your curriculum, you figure out what your modules are and you create this thing and then you watch people go through it and they leave you feedback and you tweak things and make it amazing so that a person doesn't know the skill then they go through the course and then now they do and they enjoyed it like that process is fantastic i love it so much it's so fun it's so rewarding yeah. it's to be able to take something that you created that it doesn't exist out there you know and and yes watch people go through that process and get the feedback and tweak things you just released a new mini course, really, for beginner piano students. Tell us about the idea behind that, what it is, and yeah, tell us more about it. All right, so this is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to create some sort of material that can like onboard people, onboard students into the world of music. You know, because those first few lessons where you have to explain how the staff works and you know explain what pentascales are and all that stuff, like it does get tedious after a little while. And that's where I'm really like worrying, am I really saying this the best? Because, you know, you're on the clock, like it's a, it's expensive, you know? And so sometimes I wonder, is there a way, at least for the beginning, even though I've, I've done a lot more than that, but at least for the beginning, is there a way to automate this process or minimize how much they're gonna need? And of course, I'm also looking to attract people into my membership. I'm looking to spread the word about it. So I decided to create this new, you can call it a mini course. It's a mini course in scope. It's not a mini course in terms of content. It's like two and a half hours of videos, 18 videos or something. And it's got three modules and it basically takes a person where they don't know anything about music at all. And it shows them how the staff works and how to understand pitch and how to read. And it gives them a bunch of drills that I've created using musictheory.net. I send them there and I've got all these custom exercises that basically introduce different forms of practice so that they can just drill pitch reading. And then the next module in, uh, introduces them to the concept of rhythm. And then I created a bunch of rhythm drills and basically teach them how to clap and count. And then they print out their little rhythm drills and they can you know, go through these four pages of simple meter rhythm drills where I'm trying to stump them a little bit. So you really kind of need to master it. you know. And then the third module is to orient them to the piano and connect everything they've learned to the concept of the piano and then um, start playing like some basic pentascales and basic exercises. And then they're basically released, you know, they are onboarded. They're not civilians of music anymore. And so from there, I can uh, maybe suggest my membership or maybe suggest lessons with me, but I'm also creating this as a resource for other teachers to possibly, if they don't want to deal with the same stuff they, and they trust me, you know, then they could send their students there. And at the end of the course, I'm basically like, all right, so you should know all of these things. Uh, if your teacher sent you here, now is a good time to go ahead and check back in with your teacher and they'll be able to take it from here. And then, of course, if you're teacher list, that's where I make my pitch. But this is a completely free thing. And it's a way to, uh, it's just like my gift to the community. I figured if I run all of my students through it, um, it's going to benefit me. But why don't I just open it up and see if I can kind of spread the word a little bit about what I'm doing. And if people really like my stuff and they like my teaching, especially teachers, if they support the way that I teach and they endorse it, 
and they kind of want to work with me on that, then they could send their students through it too. And I have no issue with that whatsoever. It's amazing. And I can tell you've spent a lot of time going going through the process of what is it what is it a beginner student needs to learn what's you know what's creative what's fun what's engaging and what's going to motivate people to continue learning piano you know something i've been thinking about recently in my church community growing up i think most of the other girls my age played piano i mean we kind of took turns playing the hymns for church or for meetings And now I look at the younger generation and there are so many fewer um, people who are really getting to an intermediate or an advanced level of piano. It's so, it's sad. It's, it's, it really makes me sad. And I think there are teach when there's teachers like you who are providing free resources, what a gift to give and to hopefully motivate parents and teachers and students all to to learn piano like it is the skill that is really priceless we can put a price tag on it because it's expensive to learn but once you have those skills you're able to create a career out of it create music bless the lives of others perform teach your own kids i mean there's so many benefits to having that skill i agree actually you touched on something that just kind of uh in the background i'm really really passionate and i've always been passionate about this since I was getting my degree. And that's this idea of like, is there any way we can fast track the beginner process? Because there's a lot of students that are like, they might spend four or five years and they're still in method books, you know? That you're still a beginner if you're in a method book, you know? You have the wide world of repertoire uh, waiting for you to experience. Why is it that, it seems like most students aren't even getting there. That's like really concerning. That comes down to like lack of reading skills, lack of rhythm skills, over-dependence on the teacher, which means lack of self-sufficiency. And so I try to correct for that in my teaching. I try to, you know, teach you how to fish rather than give you the fish. That's basically the idea. Yes. And what a benefit for them to be able to join your Flex Lessons community and have the opportunity to work with you live, but also have access to your libraries of videos at any time kind of at a go at their is it more of a go at their own pace versus sure it's self-guided although the the membership is like it's designed in sort of a special way where you can use it to replace the idea of lessons that's going to be slower because nobody's giving you feedback on your playing or you can just have lessons and have a very similar experience but then it's all live and it's expensive and it you know it's I don't always say everything best live and, you know, but a lot of my students just prefer that. They just want that live. They don't want to deal with courses, you know, Uh, or you can find something in between. And that's what I'm really honing in on. My idea of the perfect studio is students that are hopping in and out of lessons one or two a month, you know, or three or four every couple of months or whatever. doesn't matter. Something that's really, really infrequent and therefore pretty cheap for them, you know, and the le- because all of the stuff that they're learning is coming from the courses, the lesson is completely reserved for giving them feedback and for answering their questions and for all of the stuff that's really uniquely specific to them. I just feel like it's a better model. So I call this like a hybrid student. And in the membership, there's a way for you to basically book a lesson with me and basically participate in that. Awesome. I have a tough question and this one is about your course creation process. Do you, looking back now at all the the courses that you've been working on and are working through and releasing, what has been one of the biggest challenges to, it doesn't even have to be the actual videoing of it, but 
course creating courses and hosting them online and launching them like what what has been hard sometimes it's just hard to get started even with a like a new course it's some it's hard to get started and i feel like the hardest thing about this is when i am shooting content for students who are really inexperienced because there's so much hierarchical knowledge in music that you have to be so careful with your word choice if you're going to suddenly introduce a concept that you you know, take for granted as a normal thing. They haven't heard that yet, you know? And so remembering all of that and keeping track of that, it is just ridiculous how hard it is to, it's this spider web of concepts and you just have to like map everything out. And so I feel like the low level courses are the hardest ones. Like this new course that I just created, I would like to say that's some of my best content, but that was like the hardest course that I have ever created by far because I know I'm coming in from ground zero and potentially students literally know absolutely nothing. You know, that's really, really hard. Uh, so sometimes it's just difficult to get started with the video. I've learned the hard way to make the introduction last. <laughs> like if I have an introduction for something, I really need to shoot that last and just get right into the meat of it. And then, you know, uh, otherwise sometimes I say things that now I'm obligated to do or say things that I didn't cover and I have to figure, it's just, you know, I end up shooting, or I've, I've had to reshoot a lot of content. Like the best advice I could ever give is begin with the end in mind. <laughs> so yeah, just so it's, so for me, you know, none of the tech stuff, obviously, none of the video editing or any of that, that's all easy for me. Uh, the planning is the hard part. The um, shooting it in a way where you can anticipate what they're gonna, what the students are gonna struggle with, uh, that's pretty difficult and it, it, it's taken practice. And I know like a lot of my earlier content, like the stuff that probably is only a few months old at this point, I am probably gonna reshoot it because I, have, I, I keep getting better at, at these sorts of things and um, my standards going up. And so there's things that are gonna stick out. And uh, I, I just wish I knew these things. I don't know how to have known these things. You know, I'm sure you know. I'm not, I, don't, I doubt you're literally using everything you've ever shot, you know? No, oh, I was just going to say, no one will ever see the first course I created. Oh, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> no, I spent, we spent three or four months for creating the first, the first version of Teach Music Online. Wow. It's, it's not, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's not available anywhere. It was for a while and no, I hope no one has access to it anymore because I'm embarrassed about those videos, but it is really a process and I think I would fully agree with the the initial planning, scripting, and outlining, I find it the most fun because it's such a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it's so fun to think through, how can I teach this new person about this thing that I know how to do? And, and what's the best way to say it? And what's the best way to visually represent that? And yes, it is so hard and can be very time consuming. But when it's done well, those steps done later with the editing and seeing it all come together and adding in assignments to each of those videos and really watching people go through that process can be amazing yeah, and rewarding. I agree. My favorite part is actually when I'm done shooting and everything's edited and I'm uploading it and like sorting it and adding all the text. That's really fun. I like that. The hard part's over. <laughs> well, I think there will be people listening who are thinking, okay, I think I can do this course creation. You know, it's I think it is such a, a an awesome opportunity for teachers to dive into pre-recorded lessons and why not try to take the skills you have and try something new with them. Um, it is a lot of work up front and I think we've made that clear, but 
it's amazing when you have those things done and you don't have to go back and do them again. I mean, the big thing here is, are you going to be like at a one-to-one -one ratio of time versus money? You know, like it's this thing, this element, course creation, digital products, the things that infinitely repeat themselves, this is gonna make the difference as to whether or not you can truly scale. And so if you're at all thinking that, you gotta take that step. If you're all thinking that that's what you want, you gotta take that step. And it's a step that there are so many tools available for helping you with. Like you've demonstrated that well with the tech mm. and with the new Teach Music Online course that's coming out for course creators. You know, my goal is to help course to help musicians who have these skills and just have no idea. Like what how do I script? How do I outline? How do I think through those hard that hard process of doing it right so you don't have to go back and rewrite stuff later? Um, so hopefully teachers will we'll take advantage of those tools. That sounds fantastic, actually. Do you talk about platforms by any chance? Yes, I'll talk about everything, everything in there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really thinking through, you know, from zero, from zero to having something hosted and marketed online um, through Lead Magnets. So it's a big course. It, it's, it's growing and growing and growing, which you know how that goes. Once you think of an idea, it's like, oh, you have to add in all these steps because it's, it's, it is a hierarchy of knowledge. Like you can't do this without first doing this. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Joseph, tell us about where teachers can find you, your websites, where, where can they find this free course that they could share with students as well? So the, well, the free course literally just got finished. So I'm hoping you would be so kind as to link it. I'm going to be linking it everywhere, <laughs> but I don't have a, uh, a link to it just yet. I think it's like flex lessons slash piano dash essentials or something along those lines. But I know y'all have the link for that. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll be linking to it throughout my website. I have a YouTube channel that you can find me, the flex lessons YouTube channel. I obviously have my website and I actually added a teacher section to my website for those who are interested in, you know, just a couple of the things that I can do for teachers. I, when I first created Flex Lessons, I thought that I would be like doing a lot more with teachers, but it just so happened to, to work out that I ended up focusing on students instead. But I still have a couple of things to share with teachers. So I have a little like Flex Lessons slash teachers where there's a bunch of resources. Podia is the platform that I use for my courses. And so I am in the process of writing an article about my experience with Podia. And I have an affiliate link. If you ever just decide to use Podia, that would be great if you wanted to use my link. Uh, the article is unfinished, but there's already text there and it's already like in the search engines and everything. So uh, I'll be continuing to work on that. That's in the teacher's resource. Uh, there's a way for you to join my community as a teacher for free. Uh, I've written about Fonz because Fonz is one of the things that lets my whole like uh, schedule, like book yourself thing work. You know, Fonz is really awesome. That's something that I just started. This is my first month running Fonz. And so I talk about that in there. And, uh, and, you know, all of the equipment that I use, any, all of those types of things uh, are there in the teacher section. And then, of course, the rest of the website deals with students. And then the, uh, I have a Facebook as well, like a Flex Lessons Facebook. I am not really big on Facebook, but it's there and you can, uh, you can reach me there. Well, we can't do everything, so it's okay. I know, I know. And I, I'm really, like, one of the things I really don't need Facebook for now that I have the uh, course thing is because the Podia includes a community. You know, so my community is on my site, not on Facebook, which I really appreciate. So, you know, those are the places you can find me, my website, basically, and my YouTube channel and the Facebook if you're interested. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge, Joseph. Thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to share this. Thanks so much.
Seriously, thank you for having me on again. It's so good to talk to you. Wasn't that so fun? I hope that our discussion got your wheels turning for how you can create pre-recorded lessons to either use with your current students or perhaps turn into a digital course in the near future. Honestly, the sky is the limit when it comes to teaching and sharing your musical passions, especially with how many tools we have available to us via the internet. It's just amazing. We live in the most exciting time of digital content creation. My goal with this new course that I'm creating is to make it easy and fun for you. You can join the waitlist for the new course if you go to teachmusic.online forward slash waitlist. You can sign up for the course creation course waitlist and then you'll get updates when it's ready and I'll make sure you're the first to know. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.